It's another day here at the Comeback Team Studios. This is your host, Beck Lover, and I have a story of Ping Pong, North Korea, a famous social experience in New York City, friendship with Susan Sarandon. I just, this guy, this guy should have like 10 books out already. I got a New York socialite. I got Wally Green in the house, a.k.a. Wally G. Welcome, brother. Hey, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Your story is pretty freaking cool. Can you talk about it? Yeah, for sure, man. 100. <laughs> All right, so let's do this, man. Before we talk about how you went to King Jong-un land, because <laughs> you went there, no? Yep. And what yeah. year was that? That was about, let's say, six, seven years ago. That's pretty recent, man. Yeah. Isn't that kind of like around the same time that... Dennis Rodman, Rodman, yep. Sure you don't work for the CIA, bro? <laughs> actually, actually, Dennis Rodman uh, was a huge uh, reason of why I went. Because he was able to make it back alive. So I figured if he could do it, I could do it too. So he was definitely a huge inspiration in actually going to North Korea. Wow. So before we talk about these amazing journeys, man. I always like to bring the audience back to like kind of where you're from, where your life started, a little bit of basics of your, of your, of your life. Where are you from, man? So originally uh, from Brooklyn, New York, I grew up in the projects. I grew up in the household. Uh, well, before we get to that. What part of Brooklyn? Uh, Marble Projects. That's between Coney Island and Bensonhurst. And um, I grew up with a household of domestic violence. So my mom and my dad divorced probably, I don't know, maybe when I was one. Because um, I don't have any recollection recollection of them ever being together. Uh, my mom remarried, and the guy she remarried was an abuser. So my mom used to get beat up. If you ever seen the movie I Can Tina Turner, yeah, that was my mom. She used to get beat up all the time, and on that level, that extent, yeah, like was she that bad. <clears throat> yeah, she she used to get punched in the face, choked, um, just all kinds of stuff, man. And uh, you witnessed that shit, right? Yeah, as a kid. It's traumatizing, man. It's crazy. It puts a lot of crazy thoughts in your head. Like, I, as a kid, I lived in, the, in that household always thinking of how I could kill my stepfather. Like, legit. Like, everything that was on my mind was about how could I kill this guy. I mean, to the point where you say I would be like 11 or, or, or 10 or 11, and I would look at his... um used to take some medication and I would look at the um, capsules and you know, if you grew up in the projects, you got roaches as normal. So, um, and sometimes you use the boric acid to kill the roaches. And I would look at the capsule and try to figure out if I could take boric acid and put it into his medication. And this is at like 10 or 11 years old. This is the things that's in my mind already. Typically in those situations, Wally, and if you're comfortable talking about it, it's not just the mom being abused. Used to get physical with you too? Yeah, yeah. It was usually I, probably you trying to defend your mom, right? So anytime, anytime it would look like, you know, as a kid, when you see your mom getting beat, you, you, you run to her. That's what you do, right? Because you, you don't want to see your mom getting beat. And then what would happen is that you would also get hit. So it was always that kind of thing. Like, or, or, or it would be the other way around. Let's say uh, he beat up my mom, whatever, and then I would go and hug her and, and try to, you know, protect her. I really couldn't, but with, in whatever capacity I could, they would make up 
right? Later on, they go upstairs, of course, later on have sex. And then guess what? I'm the one that's in trouble now for something that I had nothing to do with. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. Traumatizing shit, bro. Yeah. How long did that go on for? That went on all my life. Dad lived, dad lived in that house. And that was the reason why I turned to gangs at such an early age because I needed to... I needed to get away from these people. And, and uh, that was my sports and gangs was my outlet. And yeah. School, was a, school was a no-go? Uh, no, I went to school. I, I, I was in school. school. School was huge too for me because it kept me out of the house. So anything that could keep me out of that environment, I did it. And that's why with the sports, I'm good at so many sports because I joined everything that I could Every sport I could join, I joined it so that I wouldn't have to be home. So it indirectly led you to kind of do what you did later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How were you as a student, man? Oh, man. I so <laughs> So on paper, on paper, I was a great student. But in reality, I wasn't. I, I was a bad kid, man. Cheater? Yeah. I'm probably cheating like a motherfucker. Huh? Yeah. And and um I had a lot of kids do do things for me, like take notes. Um if if there was any way to cheat, we'd set it up and I would cheat off kids and they did it cuz they were scared of me. So that's that's how I got by in school until college. <laughs> so when you say gang, what kind of gang were we talking about? How old were you when you joined? So when I first got into a gang, I was, let's say, 12 or 13 years old, um, and I had an older friend. I, I was always around older people because, like I said, I didn't have, I, I, at the time, my dad, I wasn't living, living, living with my dad, so I didn't really have anyone older to, like, try to, like, you know, put me in the right way or whatever. So my friends, that people that I hung out with were much older than me, and um, I think I started at 13 years old. Between 12, 12 and 13, a uh, friend of mine's who, who was in a particular gang in my neighborhood, and he was like, yo, man, you should just, and, and it started as, yo, you should just hang out with us. <laughs> That's, that was the way. It was like, yeah, man, you should just chill with us, man. You know what I'm saying? Well, family, just come chill. And uh, I kind of knew what I was getting into, you know, because there was an initiation, you know, but until the initiation, until the initiation, you really don't realize what you're really getting into. So, yeah. So that's how it started. Part jumped your ass in there? No, no. I didn't get jumped. What I had to do was, I don't know if I should be saying this. Um, but Don't, don't have yeah. I mean, I'm sure statute of limitations are long past. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so what I had to do was um, I had to hit someone over the head with a hammer, random person, and say Decepticons transform. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah, he's looking at me. <laughs> Yeah. There's somebody out there right now that never wants to go see a Transformers movie again as long as they live. But unfortunately, yeah, it just so. shows you how how illogical this world can be. Yeah. That you could literally be walking down the block, and yeah. I don't know where you get hit with a hammer because somebody's trying to get into a gang. Yes, yes. Definitely. And I'm sure when you look back at that, how do you feel about that? Oh, it's just it's just messed up, man. It's like, damn, it's crazy. Like, you know, I look, I look back at it now and I'm like, you know, I hope that person's okay because, you know, you don't really hang out to see what happened. You know, you, you, you just get out. 
but yeah, it's it, it's kind of messed up. It's almost kind of like they want to have dirt on you, is what it is. <laughs> you know, I never thought Before about it like in, that. It's, it's, it's in my opinion, it's a way of controlling you. Yeah, you know what? That's crazy. This way they got you. Oh yeah, you remember that guy? Yeah, we know who he is. We're gonna tell him who did. It. Like you know, I, I'm not saying that's what they did for you, but it is some form of like a it shows that you're down, right? Yeah, that's not some normal shit to do. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that you're willing to do it shows you're loyal. I get right. it. And at the same time that, you know, you can get in trouble. I mean, it makes sense from a street level why they do it. I get it, but it never ends well, man. Nah, it doesn't. Ever. It doesn't. It doesn't. For anybody, even the top of the, the food chain. It just yeah. never ends well. But my understanding of all that, and it seems like statistically it's the truth, it's just, man, when homes are broken, bro. Yep, it is. It's, it's, it's the same thing all around. It doesn't matter what your race is, your nationality. Ethnicity, this is a global phenomenon. So when, when, when there's that broken home situation, it's what leads, because it's, to me, it's, 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 it's someone that's been hurt, man. So when you're hurt, you're going to hurt others. Yep. It's like what they say, that inner child. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 blamed, I blamed the whole world for what was going on in my house. Like, you know, I, as a kid growing up, for, like for me, I was angry at everyone. And I was angry at everyone because my mom was getting beat up. And, and I mean, everyone does not have nothing to do with it. It's but, trauma, man. For a but, young child yeah. to see to, to see your mom being beaten or hit is traumatizing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I took it out on everyone. 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 Everyone was, was yeah. the cause of it. It'll, it's either going to take you to a place where you don't want to be a part of society, or if you are, you're going to be very aggressive yeah. for the most part. Yeah. But you survived. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So you're in this lifestyle for how long Wally? uh all the way up to 18 i think yeah between seven, that, 17 18 years old during that time period was your life ever in danger besides the fact you're already living with someone that could have killed you at any time because you know i lost family to domestic violence i had a cousin that was strangled by her husband so you never know in those situations thank yeah. god and that's why i said you survived that yeah because you don't know how that could have went yeah. that's a grown adult hitting you bro one wrong hit could leave you half a retard, dead. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's not a joke. You know, you, you, your mom, she's still around? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really talk to her at all. But she's alive? She's alive. He passed away. How'd yeah. you feel about that? I found out about it maybe a year, maybe a year or a year and a half ago through an uncle that I don't really talk to. Um, they found me on Instagram and then we spoke a little bit, and he was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I don't even want to say his name, uh, passed away. And inside, I had, like, this really evil smile. Like, yeah. It's kind of like the munchkins when they go ding-dong, the witch is dead. Yeah, exactly. But even more, more, it, it was crazy. Like, the feeling that I had was, it actually kind of scared me because I was like, you know, I'm a changed person. But when I heard that, it was like, yeah, right. When's the last yeah. time you spoke to your mom? Wow. It's, now, these are not easy questions, it's, man. It's been a uh, really, really long time. Uh, more than six, six years, seven years, I think, probably more. Because I had an incident. I, I had an incident. I'll, I'll tell you about the incident of why I don't talk to her. When I was 14 years old, I got arrested in school uh, for possession of a weapon. And uh, I had some prior problems already i had a ton of problems as a kid they wanted to give me 10 years in jail so originally Damn. yeah they, they wanted to take me from juvenile Did they have you with a gun yeah 
possession. In the school? In the school. Yeah. But remember I told you I always had good grades because I had people doing the work. So my mom. He had a Uzi on him, but he got a straight A average. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's let him out. <laughs> so Meanwhile, you were cheating. It is crazy. So, so my mom had some friends who were Africans. They were like, yeah, you know, you got to send this kid. They, they, they put this in my mom's head. That they got to send me to Africa to, to go to boarding school and blah, blah, whatever. So my mom, along with a lawyer, uh, spoke with the judge. And instead of me, instead of me going to, uh, instead of me actually doing time, I went to, I got sent away. <laughs> Fucking kick, not kicked out of the country, but that's what I felt like at the time. I got sent away to Africa for two years. So I went to boarding school. Two years where I got my ass kicked every day, literally. Every Physically? Day. Physically, like every day. Where, where in Africa? So I was in Nigeria. Abuja? <laughs> I know Abuja. Is that where you were? No, 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 no. no. I was in Lagos. I heard the best the best <laughs> place in, in, in Nigeria to meet and get things done is at the Hilton in Abuja. Oh, I think at you that time, no, I've never been there. <laughs> I heard that's where all the deals go down in the, in the, in the, in the, in the lounge <laughs> in Nigeria. The only thing I saw was... Uh, a thing that looked like a school. <laughs> it really didn't look like a school to me. It looked like a comp. It was just like a compound. But yeah. So it's basically a place where they beat the shit out of you all day. Yeah, pretty much. And 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 then me. Is that because you're not behaving? No. What happened was is the first day of school. I remember host family was bringing me to school, and I didn't have a uniform on, and uh, I was waiting pretty much outside while they were doing the paperwork inside. And a guy comes up to me and. I'm just sit, sitting there and hits me in the head with a fucking stick. Like, hits me in the head for no reason. Shit. Like, right in the head. And I'm like, yo, what the, f-? you know, and, and I just go crazy. And I start fucking swinging on this dude, trying to kick him, like, trying to stomp him out. And then people come running out. And apparently what happened was is that you're not allowed to be in school without a uniform. But, and this guy was the principal. So... I set myself up. So for, your first day, you're fucked. Yeah, up. and 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 it all it my two year, well, the first year became about this guy's from America. He has no respect, and we're gonna break him. So that that's what school was for me. It was every teacher knew about the incident, and you don't hit the principal. Hitting the principal is 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 just that's something that you you, you don't even talk back to the principal. Yeah, I got beat up like all the time. Like, like what got, kind I, of beating up are we talking about? Like not 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 punches, but like whipped. Like so, for example, Shit. I'd go. I'm not trying to lie, but yeah. just like I'm just picturing like, can you catch a break, man? Nah, can't it, you catch a break, man? Yeah, it sucked, man. It was hard, but one thing that I did get out of there, I did get one thing out of that whole experience, uh, was respect for people older than me. When I was a kid, I had respect for nobody, and I was taught. To respect people older than you through getting your ass whipped. Looking so, back right now, if yeah. there's someone that had kids that are troubled, would you recommend a Nigerian boy? Oh, hell yeah, for sure. Like, for, because I think that's what I'm gonna send my son, bro. <laughs> Not someone, he doesn't pick up his grades. I was thinking, like, I'm sending him to Virginia. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go home tonight and tell him, you know what, you, <laughs> you fuck up. Africa. You're going to Nigeria, man. Yeah, because you know, you know, here in America, we have the choice as kids if we wanna learn or not. You yeah. think that was a life changing experience here? Yeah, in, in in a positive way. In a positive way, in the terms of me um, respecting people older than me, that was the one thing that it did change. Respect your elders. Um, 
And it made me a lot smarter because over there, you don't have a choice. You are forced to learn. If you don't want to learn, then you get beat. So you can only get beat for so long. And then eventually you're like, yo, you know what? Uh, I think I need to like step my game up. Yeah. So, yeah. So then. Now, is your, <coughs> you, is your ancestry from there or no? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Your family comes from Nigeria originally? Well, ancestors. From Nigeria. So what was it like being out there? I hated it. Every moment of it. I hated everyone. I hated every moment of it. I hated the people I was with. About the food. I hated hated everything. I hated, because you know. How'd you deal with all that, man? That's a lot of stress. In the beginning, in the beginning, I tried to be defiant. And, 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 And that was the start of it, of me trying, you know, I was like, screw this, man. Nobody told me what to do. But guess what? I was the only one there by myself. So I'll give you an example. In school, if I was going to get hit, and I'm like, you're not touching me. The teacher would just say, hey, you, 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 hold them down. And these will be your friends. These will be the dudes that you were just talking to saying, yo, I'm from America. <laughs> you talk yeah. about a gang, bro? Yo, That's a gang. Yo, gang, d- gang. Yo, these dudes were like your friends. But the teachers say, hold them down. They don't want to get hit. So they come and hold you down. You get hit. So eventually... You just comply, man. It was, it sucked. I, yo, you're talking about what, what were they using? Like a switch? Like oh, so each each teacher had its own kind of stick. Its own special kind of shit. Man. One would be really thin that would like cut you, would leave cuts in your body. Another one would be a thick, like a thick, heavy one. Like it really. And really were they going sucked. for a certain location or just anywhere? If you were unruly, you pretty much got it anywhere. But normally, if you were willing to take it, you know, they'll tell you put your hands out. It could be the palm it could be the knuckle area of your hands sometimes they'll put you out in the sun and make you bang the concrete and you, and, and you have to make noise because if you don't make noise you're gonna get hit you'll bang the concrete your knuckles will be bloody like it was it was it was the fuck yeah it sucked it, it, it I, I don't know i think i think we need to change all the schooling in america to this for a couple of years i think we become soft over here man yeah for sure i mean it, the thing is now you're forced you're, you're forced i want to be the guy that gets to whip the kids <laughs> I just want to be full time whipper. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. There's some kids that deserve it, man. I'm not saying no, for real. They're, there's some kids they, out there that, yes. like they say, nothing works for everyone. I'm not talking about you should beat them like Saddam Hussein used to beat his prisoners. Right. I don't know. I think corporal punishment sometimes is necessary, man. No, I, I, I I agree with you because certain situations. Yeah, a lot of the crazy stuff that kids are doing now, that is not tolerated. At all, you know, the teacher walks in, everyone stands up and greets the teacher. Like it's it's it's. You wouldn't have this shit going on that's going on over here. Yeah, there's no respect for authority over here, man. Exactly, no respect for adults, no respect for teacher, right. no respect for no one. Right, right, and, and look at how we become. Yep, and 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 that's what I learned. And then not only that, you know, I did a lot of fighting there because it, it, it's crazy. I experienced a different kind of racism. So when I was there. I was considered the guy who ate butter. <laughs> I think I know what you mean by Yo, that. Yo, they always say. In Albania, they yeah. say, oh, he grew up with chocolate. Oh, wow. Meaning you grew up with luxury. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that what they meant by yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So and that's funny that these two, you know, because our country, very poor. We're the poorest country in Europe. 70% of the people live, you know, below poverty. So... We, it's like an insult, you know. For me, I would get angry when I'd go back to Albania, like, ah, he grew up with chocolate. Yeah. Meaning like, ah, arithmetic a lot. Ah, he grew up with chocolate. Meaning like, you grew up soft. Yeah, exactly. Like you had everything. So they say butter. Yeah, they say butter. And, 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 they, and they were trying to say that, 
oh, you're not the real black. <laughs> like, because it's crazy. And so, you know, I, 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 I I'd was, have been like, yo, fuck you. I am the real black because they put, my ancestors came here as slaves. We survived. Fuck you. Yeah, it, it was crazy, man. So I spent. So how would you respond to that? Yo, I get angry. And I spent, I spent a lot of time fighting. So I fought a lot. Like, I fought a lot. I, I mean, and then. And they would always say he grew up with butter. Yeah, because so if someone mentions the word butter, so you get pissed. Your mind goes there right away. Yeah, I think about it. I think about it. this make me crazy, but I I think about it because it, it was it was. You think always. they were right now when you look backwards? Nah, because I your mean, your life was not anything but butter. Exactly. So so that's what made me even more angry. And then and then I knew always, you know, I would have that one or two friends that would uh, have my back, and you never really get jumped in that culture, which was cool. So. They didn't have that 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 you know. If you're gonna fight ten people, no, it's one on one. It was one on one. So I did a lot of fighting, and then I joined um, this thing called Man of War, which is uh, the closest thing you can get to the army. It's crazy. Like they make you Over stand. There. Yeah, they make you stand. It's it, it's it's like Boy Scouts times ten million. Did you meet any of these people that send emails saying that they got the money? They got to get no. Out? I didn't even know about that at the time. I don't know. I didn't even know about that. At what the years time. was this? Do you remember roughly? Oh my God, this was. Let me see. How old I was? You? I was sixteen at the time. So when I went and I came back, no, I came back when I was sixteen. So I was fourteen. So you spent a couple of years there. So four, two years. It was supposed to be one year. That shit might have saved your life. Man. The way it sounds it, like you were going with the gangs, with the guns, that could have saved your life, yeah. man. You believe in divine wisdom? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. You're a spiritual person. Yeah, yeah. But then I came back, right? So. When I came back now, the only thing that changed with me when I came back was respect for people older than me. But when I came back, I went right back to my gang. And, and, um, but I was much stronger now. I was a much stronger kid because I've been fighting. I've been in that man of war thing. And uh, this brings me back to the reason why I don't talk to my mom. My mom was getting beat up. So this thing has been going on while I was gone. It never stopped. And uh, my mom was getting beat up. And uh, I just looked. I didn't say anything. I just turned around and looked. And then my stepfather looked at me and he goes, what the fuck you looking at? If you look over here again, you're going to get the same thing. And then I actually don't remember how everything happened. I just, like, lost it. Everything that all the years I've seen my mom get beat up came out right then. I ran out the house, ran to my friend's house. Went and got a gun, came back, and was going to kill my stepfather. I had a gun to his head. I was going to kill this dude right there. You know, I, was, I, was going, I was going nuts. And then my mom was like, stop yelling, yelling. And then my mom calls the police. And you know what she says? She goes, hey, you guys got to hurry. You got to hurry. My son's trying to kill my husband. What? Like, she just totally flipped on me. And, and, and I turned around, and I literally was almost. She has all the classic signs of domestic abuse, man. It's crazy. It, and, and Where the, they defend their, the victimizer, they're defending them. Yeah, I, I couldn't Stockholm syndrome, bro. Yo, I could And at that time, I didn't know what that was. And I was like, oh, my God. And all the emotions came out at one time. And, and the emotions was like, all my life, I tried to protect you. Now I can do it. And you turn on me. And then I almost shot my mom. I was going to shoot my mom. And then, you know, I pointed the gun at both of them. And I was like. You're like, that's it. It's over. I'm done with it. Yo, it was crazy. And then. uh. How the fuck you get out of that situation? Something just told me, listen, if you do this, your life's up. everything that your stepfather said, my stepfather always said, you're going to be dead, you're going to be in jail for the rest of your life. Everything is going to happen if you do this. So I left my house, never went back. 
Never, I never went fucking, back. I don't fucking blame you, man. Shit. Yeah, and, and and that's the reason why I don't talk to her. I, I tried to contact with her like years later, but she she never she never acknowledged what she did or what happened. The trauma that you and it just made me even more intense. So then I said, okay, for my own mental well being, I need to just remove myself from all family. That's what I did. All, you know, it sounds like to me, but all family. I just fortunately when when she's lived that long in an abusive environment, there's a lot of mental problems there. Yeah, where even their reality is so far bent, it's just a very tragic situation, bro. Yeah, you know, last month was you know domestic violence month, you know women's month, but I did a lot of coverage on that. I had an amazing guest on here, who God willing to be on my documentary, Silk Little John, amazing woman. As a matter of fact, you should you should talk to her because you know you're on the other side of that that coin, right? What happens to the child that lives in that situation? Yeah. And it's unfortunate; it's such a big problem in the world, man. You know, yeah. but I don't blame you, brother. Sometimes life is so painful; you just have to detach. That's, that's exactly what I did. I was like, yo, I I, I detached from all family. Like that's your question. All these years, Wally, did anything like crazy ever cross your mind? Did you ever think about taking your own life? Oh, that, that was that, never an option. No, never, never. Because I, I always said, even when I was in gang, or, or I always said, before I take mine, I'm going to take someone else's. That's just my mentality. Spider. Yeah. I like that. How the fuck we end up in ping pong in North Korea? <laughs> <laughs> so you, you go through all this, you go to the Nigerian boarding school, you come back, you end up breaking that all off. When does, how does your life start turning around? For the better. Because up until now, it's just a lot of trauma, man. Yeah, it sucks. Trauma, struggles, violence, gang yeah. life. Definitely. You were pushing in the gang or no? Say again? You were selling drugs? No, I actually never got into the, the So what was the whole thing. point of the gang? Well, just Chill. family. But when shit went down, I was just there. had each other's backs. Yeah, I was always there. Like, I'm the first one. I was always the first one. Like, I was just, I don't know. Like I said, it, it was a way to... To take out, create a family on the street instead yeah, of yeah, and take out all the pain that I had as a kid to blame other people because whenever I was fighting in a gang or whenever you know we we're shooting at people, whatever was going on in my mind, these people were the cause of what's happening in my house. That's the way I always saw it. So that's what justified me. I never like people ask me, "Have you ever uh, at the time thought that what you were doing was bad?" No, because people I was doing it to are the cause of what was happening in my house. And that's the way I saw it. Similar stories with the other people, their, their family lives. Was there, was there a pattern? Yeah. 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 Most, mostly all, almost all, I don't know any of the kids that, or, or the older people that we hung out with that had like a good family. Everyone was drama. So we all connected. And this issue, by the way, is not just like in your, it's in, it's across the board right now, right? Divorce is through an all time high. Domestic violence is at all-time high. Drug use, alcoholism, all this shit is destroying the family unit. And there's repercussions from that, man. Yeah. Because it ain't, it ain't the child's fault. And when you grow up in trauma, it's like being in a war almost. But it's, the war is happening every day. There's no way you don't have PTSD. You get my point? Yeah. When, when, when you live in that type of a household. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. 100%, brother. These, these children are growing up in war. 
They know no peace. Just because there's not AK-47s going off doesn't mean that that child's not growing up in a state of war. Yeah. And and you know what? You're, you're, you're so correct about the whole PTSD thing. Um, I remember it was an incident when I realized the first time that, yo, man, you might have a problem. I was I was in Japan actually, and uh, I was I was there to play tournament for the U.S. team, and um, I was walking in the street, and this dude was like slapping his wife on the ground, and nobody would do anything. Like in no, Japan, yeah, nobody would stop because you know, um, in Japan, police don't really get involved with family affairs. It's a very different culture, and I saw this dude like slapping his wife, and it was, and I just like flipped out and I ran, I grabbed the dude up, fucking yoked him, slammed him on the floor and the wife started like going crazy and I was like, and then my mom's, yo, what you doing, man? To myself, yo, it's not your business but it it just, it triggered, it just triggered me right away. That was the first time I realized, yo, man, you gotta, you you, you know, you might have a problem and you need to like, be careful. And what did the woman do that you helped? She was crying, but the thing was, she was crying more that I was beating up the dudge, trying to beat she up was the like, dude. It's just crazy. Man. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I know, I'm but you know what is this? Yeah, because probably when they go home, she probably got it yeah. ten times worse, bro. Exactly. That's another issue. That's why when I had Silk on my show, she said, "When, you, when you're a woman and you're living in that environment, your life's in danger. You don't know if you're not going to get killed. You never tell them. You need to just make a plan and you just leave, right. and you never look back." And you know what the most craziest thing about it is? And I think this made me even more angrier. My mom wasn't the person, the kind of person that just stood shut, right? So it's so crazy that that she's a person that would tell you off in a minute, like get in your face, but yet you, you're that kind of person, but yet you still let this dude control you. So that was one thing that I just never ever understood because she wasn't the kind of person that you slap and she goes and no like she start to fight and yelling and and you know and, and and try to do stuff but to be still in that relationship so long and of course you know she left hundreds of times took us then he would write a letter or, or call back and then we'd be right back in the house again so yeah I, I just never I just never got it when do you start playing ping pong man Oh, the ping pong thing is funny because I actually hated ping pong. I hated that sport with a passion. They had ping pong in my high school. I was on the football team. I played football, basketball, wrestling. And uh, we would come through the lunchroom and I would see guys playing ping pong. And I'd be like, look at these guys with short shorts and a stick. Like It was the most funniest thing I've ever seen. And uh, So I hated the sport. I hated the sport. Um, I started shooting pool. Um, I found a little bit of love. With, with, with shooting pool and um I went into a store uh to buy a pool stick right and uh I found one that I thought I would like and um I bought the pool stick and then uh I saw that there was another one that was more expensive that was on the thing and I wanted that one so what I did was I came back the next day and I told the guy hey uh I want to change this and the guy said you could take anyone from the bin there so what I did was I took the one from the top changed the sticker put that on the top and so I got a more expensive pool stick. So with that in mind, I thought I was good. I thought I could play. I went to a pool hall to shoot pool, got hustled for some money, and uh, got really pissed off. 
because I had anger management issues. And I just slammed the pool stick. Pool stick shattered. And there were some Asian kids playing ping pong. There was two ping pong tables in the pool hall. So I look at the Asian kids, and I think it was me more being a bully. Because I definitely didn't want to play ping pong. But I definitely had no stick to play pool. So I went up to the kids and I said, hey, I want to get a hit. But it wasn't like, you know, I want to get a hit because I want to learn this game. No, I just want to hit the ball and just be an ass. And so the kid hit the ball to me, and out of anger, I just hit the ball, went on the table. And the kid was like, oh, my God, do you play? And I was like, I don't play this. And the kid was like, yo, you should go check out this club. Like, there's a ping pong club, right? And I was like, what do you mean there's a ping pong club? He's like, yeah, there's a ping pong club where people really play and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? No way there's a club for this, right? And so, you know, being that I was an athlete, like I mentioned before, I played all sports. This is sounding a lot like fucking Happy Gilmore. Ping pong. <laughs> it's funny. Huh? Yeah, it's what it, yeah, it like does. That. It does. It's yeah. like you hit it. You didn't even know you could do it. Yeah, and the it kid's does. like, "Oh my god, do you play?" That's funny. Yeah, and so uh, I went down to this ping pong club to check it out, and when I got in there, so it was half pool hall, half ping pong club, and when I got there, people were standing back from the table, ripping the balls, making noise. Like I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "This is nuts." It's man. a whole other side of it, you know. Yeah, knew. I was like, "Whoa, this is this is like a real sport," and then nobody would play with me. So that pissed me off even more because, like, cause, you know, I had that attitude, like, are you crazy? You don't want to play with me? Do you know who I am? You know what I could do to you? So that was my mentality, and that made me stick around, right? Because I'm a kind of person, wherever you don't want me, that's exactly where I'm going to be. I'm going to be there to terrorize you. That's exactly where I'm going. And uh, I would just keep going. And, and finally, some old guy would play with me, you know, and the guy would, and the guy would destroy me beat me badly like 21 to 4 like really bad and that made me even want to do it more because i was like what how can this old guy beat me i'm a seasoned athlete and there's no way this guy can beat me and so eventually um this israeli guy came uh one day and i'm sitting down having anyone to play with and he goes hey um do you have a partner and i said no nah, i don't have a partner he goes well you know i'm in and out of the country and when I come, I would like to have a partner to play with. And I said, well, I'm not that good, but, you know, I, I can hit. Because at that time, you know, I'm a natural athlete, pretty much any sport I pick up. You know, I can, I can hit the ball. He goes, well, if you could play with me a few times a week, I'll pay you $20 every time you play. I was like, what? $20? No way. He goes, yeah. I was like, whoa, all right, let's do it. And so I played with this guy two, three times a week, and he paid me $20 cash. And that was my hustle because back then I had no money. So $20 just to play with this dude for like an hour or two was amazing. So I played with him. And then uh, we would talk, you know, and I would talk about my life and stuff. You know, I, I felt like in the, I, I felt like he was someone that was very different than the life that I was living and almost like a father figure, I want to say. Uh, that's what I felt. So I felt comfortable talking with him. Plus he was playing me $20, so I had to be nice. And, uh, we would talk and I would talk about my life and talk about my gang and the things that I was into. And I think for him in the beginning, it was like TV, right? If you don't know anyone who's lived that life or come from that life, it's a TV show. There's no way you can begin to understand, you know, how kids have guns or, 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 or how these things happen. If you've never been there, you know, it's like TV. So, um, you know, kind of dismissed a lot of stuff that I talked about. And then one day I went to the club, a uh, gun fell out of my bag, 
and he saw it and he looked at me and I looked at him and the look on his face was priceless. I still remember it till today. And uh, I looked at him and I said, I got to go because I don't know what he's going to do at that point. Call the police. I don't know. So picked up and then just bounced. And I, the first thing I thought was like, damn, there goes my $20. I just lost $20. That's the only thing I was thinking about. And uh, two days later, he calls me and says, hey, are we still playing? And I was like, what? After this guy saw it, he still wants to play. I said, okay, let's go because it's $20. So I went, played with him again. And the craziest thing, which I mentioned a lot, he never mentioned what happened. He, he, never. He never, ever mentioned, hey, man, I saw, you know, nothing. It was almost like it didn't happen. And I think that right there was what kept me comfortable with him because he just never brought it up. So, okay, okay, if he didn't brought it up, then it didn't happen. And um, he wanted to invite me to his house. He, he had an apartment in New York City and one near Hunter Mountain, which is like two and a half hours away from New York City. He says, hey, I want you to come up and uh, meet my family. And I thought that was weird. I'm like, yo, this dude just saw me drop a gun, but you want to bring me to your house in the mountains to meet your family? Like, you're thinking he's fucking dangerous. Yeah, right? like, like what's I would have been like, yo, this motherfucker's face. <laughs> yeah, like, Did what? that cross your mind? Yeah, I was, I was like, why is this dude trying to bring me to the mountains to meet his family? Like, it was just weird. Like, it was just, the whole situation was crazy, but what kept me going was the $20. If he wanted me to go meet his family, <laughs> all right, let's go, man. You pay me $20, I don't care, let's do it. So, so I, I, I went to meet his family, and I think he was trying to give me a sense of what a family was like, right? And, uh, and I played with his family, and then he goes, hey, um, I really want to help you. Um, I have a connection in Germany, and I'm going to pay for you to go learn ping pong because I see you're interested. In uh, Deutschland. Yeah, in Deutschland. Yeah, exactly. Auslanders. <laughs> and I was like, what? He was like, yeah, if you're, if, if you're willing to, to do it. And I was like, okay. You know, but at the time. Who was this guy, man? Man, listen. That's just the first thing. It's crazy. So it, 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 it's really crazy. We can't even, so here's the thing. We, for the documentary that you saw, we searched for this guy because I lost contact with him. Like many years ago, Israel had a war and I lost contact with him. And um, we searched for this guy so much so that he could be a part of the documentary because that would have made the documentary such a great thing to see because of him how my life has changed. We could not find this guy. We, listen, we found the school. We found the coach, right? The coach's name I remember because it's such a weird name. Her name was Abina Butcher, and I don't even know why I remember that weird name, but. Abina Butcher. Yeah, but um, we found the school. We found the coach. She remembers the guy, but they don't keep the records of this thing. So you went to, you went to Germany? Yeah. Where yeah, in Germany? Yeah, uh, so the first place I went was Hanover. So I went to a sports school in Hanover where I lived with a bunch of kids who played different sports at the highest level. So these, these kids don't go to a normal school. They come to this school where their curriculum is mostly their sport. So their sport is three times a day. And then the rest is whatever it is that they're learning. Well, for me, it was just sport three times a day. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it, it was crazy because like, uh, how long were you there? Uh, I spent about, it was like three months there and then I was another two months in a different place. But um, the time there was really rough. It was, it, it, it was hard for me 
Because you got to remember, even though I was there, I still had this hate mentality. I still didn't like people. I still blamed everyone for what happened to me. And uh, I had a really hard time the first month. month, month yeah, a month or two. First month, I think. Um, I had a really hard time uh, trying to, to, to uh, blend in, right? There, there's a thing that people say. It's called killing you with kindness. And that's what happened. If you've never experienced it, it's so weird because I'm this angry kid. I want someone to say something. I want someone to give me the fuel so I can punch them in the face or be aggressive towards them. But meanwhile, they're like, oh, my God, you're from America. You're from New York City. Well, we love New York. Oh, you're man. What? You're back. What do you get? Get away. Right. But um, they just kept being so nice. To where I was confused and I didn't know how to react and and, and after after about a month or so and they of, were blonde, yeah 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 they were uh -huh. some of them some of them some of them, uh, then after about a month, um, that same little person that sat on my shoulder at the time when I was in that situation with my stepfather and my stepmom said came back again and said hey, what are you upset about why are you angry you're not in you're not in America. You're not in that abusive family. You're 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 uh in a totally different country where people actually want to be your friend. And they don't want to be your friend for what you can do. You don't have to protect them. You don't have to have their back. You don't need to go, you know, you know, do any crazy stuff for them. This is genuine. They just want to be your friend. What's wrong with you? And so I finally got myself together and thought, yeah, why am I angry for? And then that was the start of the change in my life was right at that point. That's when I started to open up uh, to these kids and, and, and become and try to fit in and, and, and take in what, what, what they were giving. So that trip to Germany changed your life. Yeah, definitely. And this mentor, you can't even find him. Yeah, we... Listen, we tried. How does that feel, man? You, he's watching this somewhere. Oh, man, I wish I wish he could. What I, would you say to him? Oh, man, I would give him a hug and be like, and I would thank him because, like, if if I never met this dude, man. He saved your life? 100%. 100%. I'd be dead or in jail for life. 100%. But that was the route I was going. You know, I spoke to someone, and this person was a spiritualist. And this person told me, he said something very interesting. He said, maybe he wasn't meant to be found. And then I thought about that, and I was like, yeah, maybe you're right. Because it doesn't make sense. It, it, it's impossible that someone can just disappear. Or why can I not remember his first name, last name? That's, so you can't remember his name? No. no That's weird, man. It's impossible. And how do I remember the coach's name? Sabina Butcher. That is such a weird name so to remember. So you can't find it because you can't even remember the name. Can't remember first and last name at all. At all. Like, it's I, crazy, but the guy paid for your trip. But the thing is, his face, like, if I close my eyes, I you can see, see his face. His face. I see his face clearly. It's a guy that paid you $20 a million times. Yes. Exactly. <clears throat> Flew you out to Germany. There you go. Paid for your trip. There you go. Took you to his house. There you go. And you can't remember his name. Not crazy. even his first name. It's not, fucking weird, bro. Yo, it's 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 crazy. It it it's so and then not even that. 
when when we found the school, because I'm not the one who found the school. The director found the school. I just told him where I, I told him the key things, what city I was in, what kind of place it was, and the coach's name that I remembered. And he found the school. And they the the the, the coach said, Yeah, uh, we remember Wally and we remember the guy, but we don't have the records of the guy. So they don't remember the guy's name. I was like, All right, this is so it, it must bother you. Yes. So when the spiritualist said never that, came back to you? No. No. You, even I, I was thinking well, but I don't understand how the hell you take a trip just weird to me. I can't remember this guy's name. Listen, even, the guy paid for you to go to Germany, bro. Yeah. It's making me mad. <laughs> it's, you was not on yeah, drugs. It's it's no no no. So 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 what happened? Did you ever get caught up in drugs? Uh no. And I'm not assuming, but just I figured no, no. gang life and all this other no, no, shit. No, no, I never I never got into drugs. Thank God. How about drinking? Uh nope. I, I didn't start drinking until we opened up spin. Actually, that was my first drink, actually, because I didn't drink. The only reason I didn't drink is because I didn't like the taste. So I tried it and I was like, oh, this is nasty. But at that time, I didn't know I didn't know about cocktails. <laughs> and then we opened those spin. I was like, oh, my God, this is good. This is juice. That makes me feel good. And it's going to about to fuck up my life. Yeah. So um, Damn, so just getting back to the mentor, man. That's, yeah. That's so really, that's it's, really. Um, it, it's crazy, man. It, it's so crazy. And. It's like, it's so weird. But um, yeah, so the spiritualist said maybe it wasn't meant to be found. Maybe, maybe it, was it was an angel. angel. That's exactly, exactly what he said. Exactly. And I was like, no, nah, that can't be real. He's somewhere. He's got to be somewhere. We, we, we got to find this How does this guy look? Skinny, wore glasses, his face, short hair, brown hair. Um, he had a very slim face. Um, one thing I wanted to do is, is I wanted to try to take a trip to Hunter and see if I could find his house. Because I'm wondering, cause I, I, I used to take the bus up there. And, and I, I think, I mean, it would be really hard to do it. But it's something that I just wanted to try one day. Just to go and try to see if I can retrace how I went to his house. I mean, this guy led to you doing things that, most people only dream of. I mean, you literally yeah. did some of the things that Forrest Gump did. Yeah, yeah. You know, in a, in a very cool way. I'm saying Forrest Gump in that movie did things that are beyond imagination. One of them was playing ping pong yes. internationally for America. Yes. And you ended up doing that. Yeah. So you go through this training course. You start picking up the skills you need to play this game. Yep. So what happens? You come back to America? Or so, yeah, yeah. So, so um. I come back to America, and um, now I'm really into the sport because I've been playing every day, you know, eight, nine hours a day, and, and, and I come back, I start playing competitions, start making a name for myself here. And then the biggest, the biggest break came, came for me when um, uh, I, I know most people know the company Rockstar Games. Uh, Rockstar Games is very famous for Grand Theft Auto. They were at a tournament that I was playing, and um, my friend did the voice for the Albanians in Grand Theft Auto. Really, I did. I did a voiceover too. For real, Grand Theft Auto Four. Yeah. Which I, one was that? And I'll tell you how. So I played a character who just uh, finished smoking, and uh, the age of the character was early, uh, late twenties, early thirties, who just uh, stopped smoking cold turkey. So it's one of the voices where they go, yo, what the hell are you looking at? Like that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so I, I, I did. I so did. Your, your voice is on Grand Theft Auto? Yeah, for, like, it, like, like if you Google, like, Grand Theft Auto, uh, just Google Rockstar Games Wally Green, it comes, and I didn't know. I got, so I you're can, a voice actor too? No, I'm not. 
So I, t- I tell you how I got that. So um, Damn, we're going off on tangents here, man. No, no, no. Wait, wait. It, it, all, it, it, it all falls in. So the way I got that was um, they, they came to a tournament that I was playing in. I was playing against this kid who was from China. He had just came to, to, to the country, and he was really good, and we were playing. So as we were playing, the kid was making all this noise, like, yo, yo, yo. And I was like, what? So I started bringing the ghetto mentality into the sport. So I started talking trash. I was like, yo, going down, send this kid back, blah, blah, yo, what's up? You know, making all this noise. And then after the match, I wind up winning. Uh, one of the people from Rockstar Games comes to me and they say, hey, uh, do you know Rockstar Games? Like, hell yeah, Grand Theft Auto, man. And it was like, well, we want to make a game, a ping pong game. I was like, what? And it was like, yeah. And before they even asked if I was interested, yeah, I'm interested, 100%. Let's, I'm, I'm down. So I made a video game with Rockstar Games. It's called Rockstar Presents Table Tennis. It's the first and only real table tennis game ever created, ever. Even till today, there is no game that's like that. It doesn't exist. And uh, the game won Best Sports Game of the Year. This was 2006, 2007. One best sports game of the year. Oh, you really are fucking Forrest Gump. Crazy, right? It beat Madden. It beat it beat every sports game for best sports game of the year. I thought I was fucking cool. <laughs> so I made this game with them. And um, I thought later, you know what? Maybe they could sponsor me. Because I want to play the pro tour. Like I, I want to be a pro, right? I, I want to be a pro right now. And, and I think Rockstar can sponsor me. So I spoke to somebody who says, hey, um, I'm interested in playing pro. I want to play the pro tour, and it's really expensive. Could you guys sponsor me? And they were like, yeah, we'll sponsor you. Just come up with a with a budget letter. And I didn't even know what a budget letter was. So I just went online and see what the hell is that. So I just wrote every tournament I wanted to play and made an a itemized list of how much everything would cost. And they agreed. So Rockstar paid me, was like, what was it, 30 30 $40,000 a year to play ping pong on Rockstar Money. So that's how I got to play all these tournaments all over the world, and that's how I got to play all over the world because Rockstar paid for it. So for two to three years, I was playing all over the world. I had my little uh, Rockstar <laughs> Adidas slash Rockstar logoed uniform with the Rockstar shorts, and yeah, man, and, and that was my first break, and that's what what made me even love the sport more because now I got to travel all over the world, man, every major country. I got to meet so many different people, understand so many different cultures. And then my mind just opened up. Right. And as I was doing that, then all that gangster mentality, of course I still got it in me. It's, it's always in you. It never leaves you, but I could control it and, and I can, you know, have like a, a real love for different cultures and different people and, and understand where they're coming from. So that right there started another change of me just being this open-minded person that just cared and understand people. So you go, I mean, you go really far into the sport. Yeah. You end up competing on a global level. Yep. You played for America? Yep, for the U.S. team. Played all over the country what? for USA. And what, what? Pro Tour, international Pro Tour. So the highest level of competition is Pro Tour. So, for example, if you, have, if, if you take an example of tennis, like the U.S. Open, you know, so I played. I and played. you won? No, 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 never won. The Chinese won that. You can't beat the Chinese. You really, they're that good, huh? 
Oh, it, it, it's beyond. It's beyond. The, it, it's crazy. Four scum beat them. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because in reality, so 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 the Forrest Gump thing um, was was uh, uh, came from 1971 when Nixon was the president. America established relations with China was through yeah. ping pong. So that's what the Forrest Gump thing is about. So when we opened up the door and made them yes. who they are today. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. It all started back then. Yep. So you're telling me that all goes back to ping pong too? Yeah, because that that's a very big historical moment in America. It's called the ping pong diplomacy. And that's now why they're a superpower. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it's pretty crazy when you think about it. You're actually 100% right right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's some crazy, crazy shit. It's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. You've been to China how many times? Oh my God, thirty probably. You say you love it there. Yeah, I've I've had I've had a lot of good times in China. In the beginning, it it, it was tough because you know being culture is different. You don't understand. Very, very different, and being a black guy, um, you know the media portrays us as as uh, dangerous. <laughs> so, Even over there. Oh yeah, man. I, oh, because of movies and shit. Yeah, right? I, I've I've had so many incidents where like I would be walking, and maybe there'll be some girls. They would see me. One incident in particular, a girl saw me walking. She pulled her friend, like pulled her friend to her. A lot of those kind of things. You know, so like what? Like we better run away as a black man? Like they got scared for no reason. <laughs> I, I didn't even talk to And you're to in them. China. Yeah, yeah. Instead of you being scared, like yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. What the fuck? Yeah, so, so I've experienced a you gotta lot of You got to come to Albania, bro. Yeah. You ever been? No, never. Albanians fucking get along with everybody, bro. As a matter of fact, they'll come up to you thinking you're already a sports star (laughs) or a rapper or something. Yeah, Which in its own way is kind of, you know, primitive thinking. Right, right. To just assume. I like that, though. (laughs) Well, no, though, right? Like, I I was in Albania one time. I said, listen, I'm going to tell everyone you're you're a hip-hop artist. The whole fucking town came out. (laughs) He's like, you're a dick, dude. You're a fucking dick. We had so many great dinners for a couple weeks. They still think I'm... That's funny. He was just a regular friend. (laughs) I said, yo, just tell me you're a hip-hop artist. Which he was, you know, he threw out some tracks. Right, right, right. He right. was not like DMX. Right, 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 right. You know, right, may right. he rest. And I was at the funeral, man. A word? The, the, the thing. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. at Yonkers when it started. It's crazy. But we shut down New York City, bro. Yeah. I don't think anybody ever in the history of America has had a funeral like that. A wake or whatever you want to call it. Bro, we shut down all five boroughs. It was rough yeah. riders in the streets. It was 20. You saw the videos? Yeah, I saw the videos. I was there, Crazy. bro. Crazy. I was with the monster truck right when it pulled out. Wow, that's nuts. Yeah. What? I saw the video. I was like, yo. You've never seen crazy. someone buried no, like that, ever? never. Never. Love Biggie. His funeral was crazy. That's nothing compared to what? Presidents don't get what he got. Yeah, no. I don't think Muhammad Ali got that. You uh, understand what I'm trying to say to you? Like, it was pandemonium. It was crazy. People popping wheelies. It was like a... Yeah, it was like a... It, I don't even know. I, I, unless you were there, there's no way to describe it. The videos don't do it justice. Oh. Could you imagine like 10,000 bikers, Ferraris, Bugattis, every car you can think of, Civics with the mufflers just taking over all the highways? It's crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, I wish I was there. All you heard was stop, <laughs> shop, <laughs> shut them down. It was just, it was insane, man. Oh. Rest in peace. I, I, I wish I was there. No one will ever top that funeral. I'm telling you. Insane. Yeah, and police escorts on top, right? So it was like, I don't know. It was just, it was a movie. Well, I, I didn't realize they had a police escort. Just shut down five fucking highways. Man. Oh. Five boroughs. That's it crazy. was pandemonium in the city the whole day, though. I don't know if you were around. There was just wheelies and bikers everywhere. It was just, it's a moment oh. in New York history, man. Oh, that's nuts. So <clears throat> you have this extravagant career. You compete for the U.S. You go on world tour. 
You ended up going to North Korea. Yeah. When yeah. the hell was this? So the North Korea trip was um the way North the North Korea trip happened, um I I I, I started doing some pretty big things through uh ping pong, like I started doing a lot of talk shows and then um right before that I did the Steve Harvey show and then uh I started thinking, you know, what can I do big this year? I wanna do something big this year. I don't know what it is. So as I was looking through all the tournaments um, for the year, I saw North Korea. And I was like, no way. There's a tournament in North Korea. I got to go there. Because, you know, at the time, there was a whole episode with Dennis Rodman in North Korea going there and coming back. And uh, he had just came back. And I was like, oh, man, I want to go to North Korea to do my own historical moment. I want to do my own ping pong diplomacy for world peace just like the one they did in 1971. I want to do my own. So I, I saw it immediately. I sent a note to the um, U.S. team because you can't enter yourself into tournaments. So like the Pro Tour International tournaments, only the U.S. team can enter you. You can't do it yourself. So you have to tell them you want to play, and then they will enter you and take care of, well, not take care of anything, but they will take care of the paperwork in terms of getting your name on the list of players. So I, I called them and I told them, I says, hey, um, I want to play this tournament. I, I, wanna, I didn't even say why. I said, I want to play this tournament. And they were like, well, eh, we don't really know. I said, listen, I'm not asking. I, I want to play this tournament. Just Make it happen. do what you guys do. I'll handle everything myself. Right? And so um, they made it happen. And, and uh, my whole point for going there was, I wanted to do a diplomacy for world peace. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I had no idea of how it was going to work. I had no idea. But the first step was getting there. So they set it up, and then I, I stayed in contact with the um, Secretary General. And through them, they gave me instructions. Okay, you have to go to China to go get your visa. So I went to China, went and got the visa um, to go to North Korea. And then the next day, I was on a flight going to North Korea. I even took a North Korean airline because North Korea has one airline called Air Koiro. And um, it's the only airline they have. And so I said, I got to take a North Korean airline because I want to get the full effect of what I'm going to be doing. So I take this airline. It was actually pretty cool. You know, the stewardess wasn't so nice to me, but you know, whatever. Um, I get to North Korea now. Uh, I mean, now we all get to experience it. We put masks on our face when we get on. Yeah, six feet apart, controlled from the second you go into the airport. Yeah, exactly. Any similarities to us being controlled? Do you feel a little? Oh, hundred. Everything about that place is you're being controlled. One hundred percent. Everything from from the minute you buy your ticket to the minute you get on that plane till you get off, it's all controlled. Like for example, when you buy your ticket, right? They don't give you a boarding pass. I, I didn't get a boarding pass, right? They'll say, go there. Someone will come and get you. That person will get you. They will bring you, escort you to your seat. When you get off the flight, you come down. As soon as you come down, someone's right there. Hey, waiting for you. Hey, Mr. Green. Yes, I'm your guide. That person is responsible for you. That's your babysitter. You cannot do go anywhere without that person that person is responsible for you you know and then 
as a you do realize they were probably filming you when you were in the oh shower. yeah oh yeah in the shower. In the shower. <laughs> you don't think so maybe you never if you know. had to hey. listen Albania used to be a communist country right they had this one hotel it was called uh Stadtkatz or whatever, like the eight-story building, right? It was in the middle of the communist plaza. Every room was bugged, like yeah. completely bugged. You don't think your room was bugged? I think so. Of course so. Yeah, for sure. I, I, you don't think they had cameras in there saying, oh, it's true <laughs> It's true about black people. <laughs> Imagine there's like fucking oh, 14 man. North Korean agents. They go, yeah, oh. it's true. It's true about black, <laughs> black men. They are hung like horses. That's funny. Yeah, right? You never know. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you know. They go, Mr. Oon, yes, it's true about them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, everything. I mean, we are inferior in this department, sir. <laughs> it is true. The stereotypes are true. We are the smallest. Oh Could you imagine that kind God. of fucking. Yes, yes, yes. Just a joke. Don't get your panties in a night. <laughs> no, Can't joke around about nothing no more these days. Yeah. It's kind of whack, right? As yeah. New Yorkers, you feel like it's kind of whack. This it new is, culture. man. It is. We, we we grew up making fun of each like, other. Exactly, exactly. Now it's like uh, you it's make pathetic. a joke and people are like, ah, what are you doing? It's pathetic. Crazy, it's pathetic. I hate it too. So, you did something that ninety nine point nine percent of the world will never do. You visited a place that I wouldn't go if they paid me a million dollars. I'm <laughs> not even fucking with you. If they gave me a million dollars, I would never go to North Korea. Yeah. Ever. My family fought against communism, bro. That's why I was born in this country. Right, right. That's why when I see a lot of things that are going on, it makes me very angry and very upset because people don't realize what they're asking for. Right. How did it feel to be controlled from the second you got off the plane? It was crazy, man. It was, it was, it was. Do <clears throat> you feel like they were trying to press you for information? Oh, yeah. For sure. Like I'm, what? Give me an example. Oh, 100%. So you get off the plane, they take your phone because they got to check it, take your computer because they got to check it. You know, as a Westerner, you're not allowed to have cell phone service. And there's only know. one hotel, right? Well, there's actually two. The one big one, I don't think anyone actually stays there. Th then there's another one. That's the one where people stay. But yeah, they, they you know, as, as a Westerner, you can't have cell phone service. So you, you can't get no cell phone service. You get no Wi-Fi. So automatically you're cut off from the rest of the world. And the third thing is they take your passport. So when they check into the hotel, you have no passport. So everything is controlled, and, and, and it's, it's it's intense. It, it's really, you know, when you get there, you 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 kind of want to leave. Like right you get there, you want to leave right like right away because I mean, it, it's you know that if anything happens to you or anything goes down, there's nothing you can do. You can't even leave because you have no passport. So, so it, it, it puts you in a mindset, but because, you know, I grew up with that gang life, I wasn't really scared, man. And I was like, you know, I survived that shit. I, I'm not afraid of this, man. That, uh, so, so, so I, at, at no point was I ever afraid of anything. I mean, Did you meet him? No, I wanted to, but you know what they told me? So, so that's one of the questions I asked. I was like, hey, um, I want to meet the great leader. She goes, who, who? No, 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 no. You have to be received. And so I had to be. He has to choose. Yeah, I, I wasn't received. Dennis Rodman was received, but I wasn't. So Dennis Rodman was probably paid, too. <laughs> yeah, he probably. Is it? The Dennis Rodman experience was not the experience I had. Let's, let's, let's just so there's nothing like it. No, let's, let's just. So what put the hell did you there. do the whole time then? So um, for me, I, 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 every day was the same. It was from my hotel. Escorted 
to the practice hall, escorted to the tournament hall, escorted back to the uh, practice hall, escorted to the hotel. That's it the whole time? The whole time. You didn't get to see nothing? No. no they zero. didn't take you to any of the monuments, nothing? Well, they asked me. No sightseeing? They asked me if I wanted to do the tour. And the tour I did not want to do. And the reason why I didn't want to do the tour was because I had researched so much about this country before I went there. So I've seen everything. And I don't think I can deal with any of the stuff that goes on in the tour. So I don't know if you know, like when you go to these tours, there's a lot of uh, 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 American bashing that goes on. And I don't think I could sit there and listen to this stuff. Because that's just not my character. They go, he does not want to take the tour. <laughs> fucking drug, <laughs> drug. You weren't scared by saying no that you might cause beef? No, think about it. Think no. about it now. Think about it the way I'm telling you. You don't think that when they're saying, do you want to take the tour? And you're saying no. You don't think that that might have been a problem? Uh, I don't know. I never when you think about it. I never thought they about go, it. Okay, give him one of those pills. Fuck him up. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't want to do it because I, I knew I'd probably get myself in trouble. But, but I will tell you one story where I almost got myself in a lot. What it could have been potentially dangerous for me. I was talking to my guide, right? And um, I, I wanted to really understand how these people really think and what they really believe, right? Because you hear about it on, 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 on social media, you see it in documentaries, but you can't believe that in this day and age that people actually think the way they think. You say there's no you sure? way. You sure? Look at the world we've been living in. Yeah, you're right. You're right, yeah, yeah. I always wondered how did communism come to Albania? We were the most isolated country in the world for about 20, 30 years. Yeah. And now I'm just looking around my own neighborhood here in the U.S. People complying with things that make no sense at all. You don't see similarities? Yes. yes. Seriously. Yeah. That, in today's day and age. That is true. I need, I need, for your own safety. Yo, you know what's You funny? can put it on, take it off to eat, put it back on. You don't see the similarities? That's crazy. You know why it exists? Because people comply. I never realized how willing most people are just to be controlled. It never made more sense to me than right now, Wally. My whole life I wondered, how did this happen here? How did that happen? How did North Korea come about? And now I know. Most people just comply. It's the same reason the Germans did what they did. Their people maybe didn't really agree with it, but right, they complied. Right. And the number one thing they all said after World War II ended was what? I was just doing my job. Yep. I had to put human beings into an oven, but I was just doing my job. Probably the same shit slave master said. Yeah. I was just doing what everyone else did. And this is the biggest problem human beings have. They don't think deeply, they don't reflect, and they're not willing to sacrifice themselves and their own well-being and their own comfort for what's right. Only 10% of humanity is willing to do that. That is true. That is, that is, that is, that. yeah, that is true. So you see a correlation then? Yeah. Exactly. In the mindset. Yep. Is it scary? What's going on in our country? Yo, right? that's crazy. Yo, that is that is insane. Is I, I never even thought about it like that. Is too. it scary? What's going on in our country? Oh yeah. But that's how it comes, brother. You think it started the way it was there? It didn't get to that point right away. It starts slowly. Indoctrination doesn't happen overnight. Right. It starts right. slowly. First, you have a traumatic event, a war. This, you know, I don't like to use certain words because it fucks my whole shit up. <laughs> what's happened since 2020? Yeah. You have a traumatic event. And then you, you've been so startled, so rattled, now you're just <laughs> going to die. 
what do we do? <laughs> okay, do this, okay. And then that's how they get you. And then they slowly push you towards whatever they want you to do. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're living in another totalitarian, you know, world. Oh, that is true, man. First comes the trauma, then they slowly move you towards where they want you to go. And most people go willingly. And then people follow right after that. How long were you there? I was there. I was supposed to be there for 10 days. I stayed only seven. You got to leave earlier or they told you you got to get the fuck out of here? No, no, no. I, I Before I uh, got on the plane, I said, hey, if I want to leave earlier because they don't, <laughs> there's no, there's no ticket. Like, like they don't give you a ticket that says, this okay, no. <laughs> they said when you're ready to come back. And I was like, hey, are you sure? I said, hey, if I want to come back tomorrow, can I come back? Are you sure? And they said, just talk to your guide and they will make the arrangement. I said okay, yeah. So I, I was supposed to be there seven, uh, ten, but um, it took me seven days to do what I needed to do. So it 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 it, it all worked out. I I didn't need the extra days. You asked them, "Can I leave now?" I told them that I wanted to leave, and uh, she said, "Why?" I said, "Because I just want to go back." And uh, she was like, "Well." I don't know if you can. I said no. I want to go. I, I was already. I was already tired. You know. I. I. I went there to do a diplomacy for world peace, and I was able to do it. So my mission was completed. There was no reason for me to need to to put myself through that 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 stress. What was the one event? There. What was the one event you said that almost got you in trouble? Oh yeah. So um, I'm talking with my guide because I really wanted to understand. No. I want to understand or try to understand. And uh, I set up some questions. I says, hey, um, I know you guys hate Westerners, but you guys like me a lot. And, and I use that. And the reason I use that, because I didn't want to start any, I didn't want to thinking that I was trying to start some shit. So I was like, but you guys like me a lot. Um, why, you know, why is it that you hate Westerners? And she says, well, we don't hate Westerners. We just don't want Western influence in our country. We want the pure Korean culture. And I said, okay, you know, I get that. Sometimes those Westerners mess things up. Okay, I get it. I get it. And, 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 and I said, but you know, you need uh, uh, um, um, uh, 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 experiences and, and, and you need things from other countries in order for your country to, to succeed. She goes, that's not true. Everything in our great country was done by a great leader and blah 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 blah, blah. like a god yeah it's basically god yes and i was Did like you feel like they worshiped him like a god oh they do it's 100 percent, 100 percent. was and, this picture in your room oh it's not in my room but it's all over the hotel like and everyone wears it so so you see it all the time every citizen has to wear a pin that has either his picture his picture's father's picture or his picture the father and the grandfather the mount rushmore of comics yo it, it's crazy and so I told her, I says, listen, do you know that your great leader has Western influence? So right now I'm going into some deep shit. Because <laughs> yeah, he, he studied in Switzerland. But, yeah, right. See, so you, you know that, right? So, 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 so I told her. I they told probably her, trained him and sent him back. Listen, I told her, I told her, I says, you know your great leader studied. I mean, your great leader has Western influence. She says, no, he does not. Everything was done here, blah, blah, blah. And I says, listen. 
what about basketball? That's, that, was the, that was my first step. What about basketball? She says, basketball was created by our great leader. And I'm nice. like, yo. I'm like, <laughs> like, if you had any common sense, your great leader's like, I didn't say this, this part, because you know, I'd be arrested. Yeah, the fucking firing But spot. in reality, if you had any common sense, your great leader's what, 28? When did he create the sport of basketball? Like, totally doesn't make sense. So I dismissed that, and I went right into another one, even more dangerous one. And I says, okay, okay. Do you know your great leader studied outside of North Korea? I don't know what the hell I'm... I, I don't even know why I'm even getting this deep into this conversation. Because you're trying to get in front of a firing squad. But, <laughs> you're like, let me get the real tour now. Yeah. Are you trying to get sent to a camp, a real camp? I don't Fucking know, 20 man. years hard. They give you, you like to use hammers here? They're going to give you a hammer <laughs> and make you hit a, hit a mountain for the next 50 years. Yeah, that man. would have been fucking some fucked up karma. Oh there, huh? my god! Listen, I don't know. Like, yeah, remember that guy's like, you remember that hammer? Yeah, here's another hammer. <laughs> another go to that, <laughs> go to that mountain for fifty fucking years. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that I was so into like, there's no way this person can really, really believe this stuff. So then I said, Do you know your great leader studied outside of North Korea? She said, No, that is not true. I said, It's true. She said, it's not. I said, listen, everyone in the world knows that he studied in Switzerland. This is a fact. So you're having this argument with her, and you're trying to convince her of a fact. At least, I mean, but you know what's weird? But how do we really know it's a fact? Yeah, I mean, in today's true. world, how do we really, like, it's just a push of a button on information. Like, my fear of the future is one button you can wipe out all of history if it's all digital. That's why I think books are going to be the most treasured thing in the world. Wow. I think people should bury books in their backyards in the world that we're heading into. Maybe yeah. they're not wrong. Maybe he didn't. How the fuck do we really know? Right. We're taking Wikipedia's word for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying true. he didn't. Right, right. Because I think on. 100% he did. Because his father's not stupid. He sent him to Switzerland, probably the best school in the world. Yep. Teach him everything he needs to know about everyone else. Probably taught him game theory. Yeah. Playing chess probably at the age of five. My kid's playing Grand Theft Auto right now, thanks to you. <laughs> That's what's going on right now. <laughs> game theory should be a class in high school. Yeah, I think so too. So you have this argument with this agent. Yeah, it, 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 it wasn't an argument yet. It was getting there. and uh, You weren't reading the rules you know, well, were you? Yeah, I, I, and then she, once I told her, everyone knows that she goes, that is not true. She started to get upset. And as soon as she got upset, I saw it. Like, I'm very good at reading people. As soon as she started to get upset, I was like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. I was talking about the Cuban president and I got out of that thing real fast because that, that could have got real ugly because, you know, corrupting the minds of citizens is 15 years hard labor. They told you this before you went there? Well, I, I, I researched, I, 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 I watched every documentary, so I knew everything. So, that, so that's why I was kind of comfortable in my conversation because I knew when it's time to pull out. And once I saw she got upset, I got out of it really quick, really quick, and and yeah, yeah, it was it was. It was they were it, like, "Yes, he told you. He told you that I studied where." Okay, put, they probably put it to a firing squad. <laughs> Yo, it, it's yeah, it's because it, it your thought. Maybe she didn't know, and your thought. They're like, "Okay, we got because that's probably what goes on in that shit. We got to get rid of her. She could pollute the rest of them." Yeah, you never know. You right? ever thought about that? No, I, I now you just mentioned that. I just, I just thought about just that. like she's following you. There's like ten people following her. her yeah, to listen to. It's like, okay, he told her Switzerland. Okay, I'm sorry. She's got to go. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Damn. You might have got her murked. Damn, that's crazy. 
I just wow. fucked Wally. I just fucked Wally. I didn't even think about I that. I just destroyed Wally's whole shit. You just got her murked and shit. She's probably with a hammer right now. And fucking. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, man. Because you know that's what, there's at least 20 people following them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah, so I, I was, you know, I got her out, out of that real quick. And uh, then continued to go on doing my diplomacy. That's the, uh, damn, I just, I'm still thinking about that. Let it go, Wally. <laughs> There's no winners over there. Trust me. Yeah. It's a no one situation, brother. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's amazing though, because everyone else kind of loosened up in those worlds, but it seems like over there they haven't loosened up. No, at all. no, no. Like, like you, you can feel the tension there while you're there. It's it 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 it's really really intense. It, 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 yeah, I remember I was in the ele- oh man, I remember I got into the elevator, man, and it was me. A Vietnamese guy who was playing a tournament, and like six or seven North Koreans in the elevator. Yo, this was just crazy, man. Because you know you're in this elevator, and uh, they're all North Korean and one Vietnamese guy. And the Vietnamese guy is being dumb because the Vietnamese guy is like trying to be a fool. He's like, I hate, I hate these people. He's doing these faces, and I'm like, yo, this guy's gonna get us killed in the elevator. And all the North Korean dudes were just like really serious. Stone cold. Stone cold, like so serious. And and one guy, one guy was fanning himself, right? He was fanning himself. So I thought I'd be funny. So while he's fanning himself, I went and I put my face in front of the fan. And then he just started shaking his head, right? So he, he was trying to show some humor because he was fanning. I put my face in front of the fan. He just started shaking his head like this using his head as a fan. And that was pretty much uh, the one interesting thing that happened before I was able to do the diplomacy, which is pretty interesting. So what was that all about? You mean the fanning or the diplomacy? Diplomacy. Oh, man, yeah. So like I mentioned before, I had no idea of how I was going to do this diplomacy. I didn't have a plan, but I wanted to promote world peace. I didn't know how I was going to do it. So lucky for me, I got to play against a North Korean player, right? And uh, I could have played against a Vietnamese and a Syrian. And I was the only Westerner in this whole tournament. There was no Western country, not one. Just me and the rest were all like uh, Vietnamese, Syria, China, pretty much all the countries that hate America. The Axis. (laughs) Iran? Iran? I think they were there. Like, pretty much, yeah. It was just... Very, very interesting. Um, anyway, lucky for me, I got to play a North Korean. And um, I remember when they're bringing us out to play each other, there's like 5,000 people in the audience who are all North Korean. Everyone is North Korean. Right? And, and, and you know, for them, uh, Americans are the devil. We're evil. We should be killed. We should all be shot, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I'm coming out with a North Korean guy, and we're walking out to the uh, uh, the table that we're going to play at, the main table. And uh, you can feel everyone's eyes on you, like just on you. Like you feel like that moment right there, if, if there was ever a scary moment that I had, it was that, just coming out and feeling all these people looking at you, just staring at you. Like you feel the eyes. It's the most crazy kind of feeling that, you, that, that a person can feel. So we get out to the table, right? Now that feeling goes away because once I'm ready to play, 
I'm focus mode. So we start playing. I start get you know, I start getting it in. I go up five zero immediately. Like I'm on fire right now. I'm I'm, I'm in North Korea about to beat this dude. You know, I'm I'm doing good. Totally forgetting about my diplomacy that I'm supposed to be doing. I want to beat this guy. And every time I make a point, there was a sound of disapproval, which sounded like this. So I make a point. This, this sound, I picture 5,000 people making this sound of disapproval. It's crazy. Make that sound like that? Sounds like, like Homer Simpson sleeping. <laughs> Yeah, man, it was crazy. And I acknowledged it. It didn't really bother me. though. So we're still playing. The guy made one point, and then they started clapping. The guy made another point, then it got louder. Made another point, it got so loud where people, it, it, it was like they were clapping in unison. Like when you watch these videos about North Korea, that's exactly what was going on. And it got so loud to where I couldn't even concentrate anymore. Like I could not. It, it was crazy. It just threw me off my game. I, it was just so loud. It was almost like we were playing the finals of the <laughs> world championships. You I'm were, like, yo. You were in their world. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yo, the dude's got four points. Like, what's going on? So it got. I couldn't concentrate. So then I, I stopped, and I looked up at the audience, and I just <laughs> smiled. Like, normally, I would flip out and be like, yo, what the fuck? You know, whatever. But I looked up and I just smiled. And when I smiled, it was a chain reaction of people smiling. They saw me smile, they smiled. Then there was some giggling. And I was like, okay, that's fucking up. I'm gonna try that again. So so I automatically took, you know, I, I wasn't focused on the game anymore, right? Because there's no way I could concentrate with all that noise. So I would play a point, I would look up again. And I would smile at them on purpose. Now, this time it's on purpose. Then they all would smile back at me. Everyone would smile. And everyone would have this giggling sound. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, this is it. This is where it's going to happen. This is how I'm going to make this difference. This is where my diplomacy of peace is going to happen. So then now I started focusing on the crowd, interacting with the crowd. Because now I got 5,000 people smiling and laughing because I'm smiling and laughing. Right? So I was like, all right, this is cool. So I'm playing the guy the match, you know, I do some funny stuff, you know, I look up, smile, they smile and laugh, and then the guy wins the match. So right after he wins the match, you have to shake hands, right? And you can tell he did not want to shake my hand because I'm the devil and blah, 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 whatever they believe. And uh, so he comes to me and he puts out his hand, like this little kind of like a touch. It's not even like trying to touch like me. Like a bitch. Yeah, like straight up, straight up. Like that, 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 that bitch handshake thing, like, eh. and I just grabbed his arm, <laughs> grabbed him, pulled him in, and gave him the biggest hug he's ever had. So the crowd's going crazy, right? And my camera's filming. My camera is actually my back, which is his face. And if you look at his face very closely, at first it was like, whoa. Then he, there was a smile, came right after that. That was the reason. I went to North Korea. That smile, that you know, that smile, you can't fake it. There's no way you can fake that because, like you said, that smile can get him put to death. Like it, it's that real. And he smiled, and 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 you know, for the rest of his life, for the rest of his life, he's always going to remember this black dude with the yellow hair, crazy designs in it that came all the way to North Korea and showed him love. 
those 5,000 people, they're always going to remember the black dude in America that showed them love. You know, I always say one thing. Change can't happen overnight. It's impossible. Nobody changes over, overnight, right? But what you can do is you plant the seed for change. And that's what I did. By giving him that hug and smiling with those people, that was the seed that I planted. So hopefully, maybe next time, government says some crazy stuff about Americans, they, somebody might say, well, hmm, you know what? I remember that guy that came from America, and he showed us a lot of love. So my diplomacy was definitely a success. And, uh, yeah, man, I, it was, it was, uh, I was really happy that it happened that way. And, you know, then it was time to get out and come back. <laughs> you left, like, right after that? Yeah, I, I think the next day. Because I, I, I had lost already. And, and, and I didn't want to, I didn't need to stay there anymore. I went there, did what I had to do, and now it was time to just. It's almost better you lost. They probably would have whacked that guy if you lost, bro. Yo, a lot of people say that. I posted something like this on my TikTok page, and <laughs> a lot of the comments were like, oh, man, you lucky that guy, you lucky that guy won. You know, or else they would have got him. They're like, here's your hammer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, for sure, he can't. If he would have lost to me, it definitely would have not been a good look. So, how hard was it to get the hell out of there? It was pretty easy, except my, I don't know, man. My guide was just acting strange when I was like, I want to go tomorrow. She was like, well, I don't know if it's possible. And I was like, no, I want to go. Like, I was already, you know when you go to do something, you did it already, and, 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 and you just, your, your, your whole mental is just done with this place and you just want to go home. That's how I was. So I wasn't really nice in saying, like, I wanted to go home because I was at that point where I just want to get out of here now. I told her, I says, no, I want to go tomorrow. I already spoke to them. They said I could go anytime I want. I want to leave tomorrow. And then she goes, I'll call you. I'll, I'll, I'll contact you uh, later tonight. And she goes, yo. We're going to leave at 6 a.m. in the morning. <clears throat> and I was like, okay. And I thought that was kind of odd, right? Because 6 a.m., why would we leave at 6 a.m.? So uh, they come, they pick me up at 6 a.m., and they took another route back to the airport, which was crazy because uh, I'm very good at direction, and I remember ways that I come, when I come from somewhere, and it was totally different way, really totally different way. And, and I'm thinking they did that on purpose. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to scare me. I don't know what it was, but it was totally not the way that we came. This was some, this way looked like they were trying to take you somewhere where you weren't supposed to be going, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So, uh, yeah, so, so that kind of rattled me a little bit because it's me, her, and two other dudes armed in, 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 in the car together. So, so, uh, you know, if they wanted to take me to, like, some camp or something, there's nothing I could do about it. But I did have a pen in my hand, which I had right there, because I was a little worried because, like I said, I didn't remember this way going back to the airport. So I had a pen in my hand. I just keep in the corner, just, like, just in case anything goes down. You're like, I'm not going to the no, camp alive anyway. No, no, it's not You'd happening. You'd rather be dead. Yeah, it's not happening. It's not happening. So, You'd rather be dead. Yeah, for sure. 100%. 100%. So... Uh, luckily, after a little while, it came out. So the airport, 
then and then I was calm and then yeah. And got, you know, went to the airport, went to the other side of the immigration, they finally gave me my passport back. And then I went and bought some snake juice. <laughs> snake juice. Yeah, so so there's this alcohol that I researched before I went there that they have in North Korea. Other countries have it too. But it's alcohol that has a huge boa constrictor inside of it. Yeah, boa, big boa. And and I saw it and um when I actually have it. We finished it already. Oh, you actually <laughs> But, but I got pictures the, of it. What about the boa? Oh no, you threw it out of way because the bow is actually dead. It's like almost from. It's I'd have just left it like that. Or never opened the bottle. <laughs> no, so, you so, regret drinking it? No, no, no. So, so, so what I did was, um, because it was so hard to get. Like they wouldn't. First of all, they told I'd have me, never opened the bottle, man. Listen, first they told me they didn't have it. So, so they, so it's probably not that legal to sell because they they kept telling me, oh, we don't have it. This was an airport. And they didn't have it. I said, come on, I know you guys got it. I said, I know you guys, I researched it. And then the guy spoke some Korean to the other guy. Okay, wait. They, they, they went to the back and they brought out this bottle, this, this thing, box like this. And they charged me like, I don't know, they charged me like over 200 bucks for it, which is crazy. But I had to get it because where can I get this from? Never. And, and so I brought it, I, br- I got pictures of it. I brought it back and uh, at Spin, I would hold these games and then, if you won again, you get to take a shot of the snake juice. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was it was definitely a really crazy trip. Spin. Speaking of spin, it's a legendary place in New York City, man. Yeah. It's a ping pong bar, nightclub. Like, how the hell you end up being a co-founder of that? Oh man, this wow. is, this also ping pong led you to this. Yeah, I mean, it's a New York institution, man. Yeah, everything in my life. Uh, it's happened because of ping pong, pretty much every single thing. And back to this guy that you can't remember his name. Yeah. It's, Still bugs me out. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Everything is pretty much is pretty much ping pong. I mean, with 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 spin, uh, I met I met three guys at a tournament, um, and uh, <laughs> like I always tell you, uh, the ghetto. It, you can take the guy out the ghetto, but you can't take the ghetto out of him. I was playing a t- I was playing a match, and um, somebody's coach was being uh, being an ass, and I stopped playing, and I went up to him and I says, "Listen," and I said it really loudly. If you keep opening your mouth, I'm gonna punch you in the face for ten minutes. <laughs> I told the guy that, and so these three guys who are filmmakers who like ping pong, they heard it, and they, and after the match, it was like, "Oh my god, you're so funny." Hey, you know, we have this ping pong table in our apartment. You should come and play with us. And I was like, oh, or you got ping pong table? So I would go down to the loft apartment. They had an apartment in Tribeca. And I'd play ping pong with these guys. Uh, then we became really friends to where I started, like, just kind of living at the apartment. I was there every day. Like, I had the keys. I was, you know, it was like my apartment. And um, we, 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 we would have these parties. Um, at first, it just started out with, um, you know, friends, Invite friends, bring your own beer, let's play ping pong. Then our parties got bigger to where companies started sponsoring us. So Red Bull sponsored us, numerous beer companies, alcohol companies. In this apartment? Yeah, in this apartment. So, so the. Like, the, what kind of money are we talking about sponsoring? So, no, no money, just product. So, so they wouldn't give us any money, but they said, we'll give you all the beer. But how did they find you? Like you wrote to them or they? No, 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 no. So what happened The reason was, I'm asking is try to help people learn how to get yeah, the type of. So 
So what happened was, is, um, first we started this party, right? Then we made a website. We called the website Naked Ping Pong. The reason why we called it Naked, because that was the state of mind that we were in, about just living life, enjoying it, without any thoughts, just Primitive. live. Yeah, just have chill. fun, chill, man. And um, our website started getting a lot of hits, right? Because everyone wanted, wanted to know, what's going on in this apartment, and why is it naked, right? So... Maybe people thought people were naked. Hey, but that's naked. what I thought. I thought you guys are playing, like, <laughs> you know, there's a ping pong and you're dingling. <laughs> what it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, naked was optional. You know, naked was optional. But uh, did it ever happen? No, but there's some crazy stuff that happened at the apartment. There was always some some crazy stuff because you know it was a party, and then um the party just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to where companies started coming saying, hey, we we like what you're doing. We have this new beer. We want to um give you guys the product. We can't give you money. Okay, we'll take product. Then uh, Red Red Bull, same thing. We'll give you product. We'll give you, you money. You charge to get into the party? So so then we fig- we had to figure out, okay, how can we make money from this? Because you can't sell alcohol in your apartment. It's illegal. It's illegal yeah. Right? But you can give it away. You can give it away. So we say, you know what? Let's make an official tournament. Charge people $20 to get in to play the tournament. And you'll win a prize, and you can drink all you can drink all night long. So it was the best pregame place to go to. If you wanted to go to the club at night, you just come to Naked Ping Pong Party first, right? You know, you, you'll get lit, go to the club, and then you won't have to spend that much money drinking. So our party got so big to where people wanted us to bring our party to places. So, for example, when the Super Bowl was in Arizona, we were there with the Naked Ping Pong Party, with 50 Cent and Vitamin Energy. Uh, we did halftime basketball game shows. We did so many events because now it was this, it, it, it became like, like a whole entity, Naked Ping Pong. So companies say, hey, can you, can you do your Naked Ping Pong Party at our event? Yeah, of course we can. They'd pay us, they'd pay us to do that. So, you know, the party got really big. Um, a lot of ladies at these parties? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. And it, people are playing ping pong. Yep. Cause it, and, now, there's, and there's hide the dingling too going on? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> because now at this point, we got four tables now. So we had one. And then Puma came in. And Puma sponsored us. So for a while, we had a Puma sponsorship. And uh, they gave us tables. So we had more tables. And it was like, you know, party. And, um, you know, like with everything, great things come to an end. Right, uh, they wanted to sell the building, so we had to get out the apartment. But in the process, we met Susan Sarandon at the party. Thelma. Yeah, so Susan came and we met her, and um, we eventually came up with a business plan, uh, gave it to Susan, and Susan helped us get the first location, which is on Twenty Third and Park. So, and yeah, it's been doing well. That's man. the one where you go downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, man, so she helped us a lot, and, uh, you know, it was something that worked, because... I mean, you uh, got to know her really well. Yeah, 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 she... She's good people, no? Super cool, man, definitely one of the coolest celebrities I've ever met. She is just so down, you know, like, she she even asked me to, to, to go with her and walk the red carpet to one of the major film festivals, which was totally crazy, man, like, you know... Where? A uh, distant... This was in Shanghai. It was the Shanghai International Film Festival. So, so you went with Susan Sarandon. <coughs> yeah. To China. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because of ping pong. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And we, you flew first class? Yep. And and we even did and we even did a sub event because during that time there was a tournament called China versus the world. It was right? like the Chinese kumite of fucking ping pong. <laughs> sort of kind of. Sort of kind of because we played in that so that that tournament, China versus the world, is very it's, it's huge. They take the Chinese team and they take the next top five players in the world. They play against each other, see who's the best. And uh, we did like a, a, a I want to say like a sideshow where me, Susan, uh, oh. <laughs> take it back from there. We did a sideshow. Yeah. So, 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 so we did a sideshow where we had a team. So the team was me, Susan, uh, this girl Sue. Um, Jonathan, Andrew, and my free oh 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 and and uh and Frank. And uh we played against the Chinese team, which also had, you know, a famous celebrity, uh famous newscaster, um, person who played on the Chinese national team, and we played against each other. So it was like a kind of exhibition. Exhibition kumite thing. But yeah, man, it was it was really cool, man. And then the next week was the red carpet. Uh, she was receiving the um, Lifetime Achievement Award, and and just basically like Chinese Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, Asia, not, not even Chinese, Asia. It's the biggest. It's 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 actually the biggest film festival I've ever seen. Like I've never seen a film festival bigger, or that's put more money into it than that Shanghai International Film Festival. It was huge. I mean, the red carpet. It is. It's. it's crazy it's so it's it was nuts and uh yeah man and and, and you want to you, you wear a tuxedo nah <laughs> how'd you go well i i told her i says hey um you know at that time i was like i'm not really into tuxedos or suits and stuff like that you know and, and, she, and she was like listen wally you know however you feel comfortable that's the way you should go and i was like really and she says yeah and I went to town, man. I went straight gangster. I had a bling bling chain on, bling shirt, some orange Sean John shorts, and of course, it wouldn't be gangster without your Jordans. <laughs> and I had some orange you, and white Jordans on. You ever thought flying first class to China? You think about where you were when you were a kid. You'd ever be doing the things you do? Hell no, for sure. I, I, I think about it all the time. There's if if you would have told me this when I was a kid probably with a pistol with you and like get out of my face like you're out of your mind ping pong were you crazy you're a co-founder of one of the most popular places in new york city you threw one of the most popular parties ever original at the yeah. best right yeah something completely different totally different new york social scene man totally different you're a nightlife alumni man yeah a little bit a little bit what yeah. are you doing now brother Nutshell, what you up to? Oh man, now now I'm 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 starting to uh revamp myself and and uh I'm working on my documentary, working on my book. I'm just trying to to uh get the story out there. You know, I like to inspire There's so much more too, bro. Kids. Oh yeah, there's so, so much more to your story, man. It just doesn't fit in one session. Yeah, I like to inspire, motivate these you kids. You still train people in ping pong? Yeah, 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 all the time. I just did yesterday. Make yeah. a living from that. Yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even tonight, I have, I, have, I have a client that I have to play with for like two and a half hours. The city? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Spin. It's, it's always at Spin. At where? At Spin, at the club. I, I, I only train people at the club unless 
I go to their house. Like some I, people, I tell them to come and watch you in action. Yeah, you should. You should definitely. Maybe six some, o'clock. Maybe get six. some footage. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Should be in my documentary, man. Down. Def- definitely down. Hundred percent. I like your story, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it's it. It's fucking awesome. Appreciate it. I'm gonna bring you back. Let's do it. Let's do it. What do you want to say to anybody that's out there right now who's going through a hard time? Maybe they're in the same situation you were in. They were in the hood. Horrible home situation. Maybe they're contemplating giving up. Maybe they want to kill them. There's some people never make it past it, man. They never yeah, make yeah. it out. Like they say, they don't make it out the hood. They don't make it out of that violent environment that they're in. But what do you think was so crucial to you getting out of there? Man, I think um, being willing to, to keep your mind open to options is really important. I think a lot of times growing up in that way, we all focus on just one thing. We all focus on on, on on the thing that's the most popular. Like, I want to be that basketball player. I want to be that rapper. But there's so many different ways to get to where you want to be. And I think uh, people should have a, more of an open mind and, 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 and try to figure out another way. There's always another way. There's, there's Change is always possible. So you have to really open your mind, find that other way to get out because it's there and for people who who growing up in that kind of you know craziness that i grew up you got to talk to people that is the number one thing man talk find someone to talk to because when you keep it inside like i did you know you become a bomb and one day you will explode that day came for me where i did explode and luckily for me i was able to open my eyes and be like, yo, you're going to be in jail for the rest of your life, right? But sometimes people don't, you know, it doesn't happen like that for everyone. So if you're going through some shit that's really hard, talk to someone, man. Find someone to talk to. And even to. if you don't find the right person right away, every human being you meet and interact with is like another portal to a different dimension. Yes. A different trajectory. Yes. One person completely catapulted your life in a completely direction. You've done things that are amazing, man. Fucking amazing. Even if you died right now, you lived a life that most people will never live. Do you believe that? Yeah. Because I, I know. And I'm sure you do too. Yeah. There's a lot more for us to pick up for the next time. My friends, Ali G, Ali Green, is proof that no matter where you are, no matter what you've been through, no matter how bad it gets, as long as you have air in your lungs, you can always make a comeback. A comeback. Wally Green. Check him out. Follow him. All his tags are down below. Maybe you'll catch him at spin. And if you need those lessons, reach out to the man if you're lucky enough to be trained by him. Hey, Charles, maybe I'll pick up the spin. Till the next time on the Comeback Team. Next lover.